Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all this morning from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As soon as Pastor Melissa shared with me this, that this morning's theme, and it's the theme, I think, for chapel for the month or maybe for the semester, God Talks. No sooner did, did I begin to think about God talking than I was taken back in my heart and mind and spirit to a hospital room about 18 years ago or so. I was fresh out of seminary and I was called upon to visit a woman who was in the hospital. When I went into the room, I found that she was um, probably in her 70s or so and was quite ill, pretty unresponsive, really. I didn't exactly know what to do, so I greeted her, didn't receive a response, said a prayer with her, didn't receive a response. Sat with her in silence for a good long time. Seemed like an eternity of sitting in silence. I was sure that God was not talking. God was not at work. My anxiety grew, my need for words, my need for some action, my need to do something as a brand new young pastor right out of seminary. Began to feel that I was in over my head. Began to feel useless, sure that God was not talking, that I wasn't doing anything. I decided I would just leave. Got up, took a couple of steps toward the door, and I heard a voice from behind me from the hospital bed. Don't leave. In that what from my human limited perspective seemed like an eternal silence, God was indeed at work. And as I got up and began to leave the room, God talked. Sometimes we get large, huge, obvious, visible, unambiguous, clear answers to our thoughts and dreams and hopes and wishes and prayers, don't we? In one of our scripture readings for this morning's service, that story of Elijah on Mount Horeb from 1 Kings 19, we get a sample of some of those things. Elijah's in a critical period of his ministry. He's been a prophet for the Lord for three years. He's been struggling back and forth with King Ahab. Now Ahab's wife Jezebel wants to kill him, remove this troubler of Israel. So Elijah flees off into a time by himself praise to God. It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life. Then the response comes in one of our scripture readings for this morning as the Lord said to Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, 
so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. So unfortunately, unfortunately for Elijah, there's all these really clear, loud, large answers to his prayer, which he could have received. Yes, Lord, speak to me in a fire. I can see that. I'll get that. Yes, Lord, I get earthquakes. Yes, Lord, the, a big, strong wind breaking rocks. I get all that stuff. Yes, loud, large, clear, unambiguous. But the Lord was not in any of those for Elijah on this day. But after the fire, there was the sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he answered, and the conversation carried on. What Elijah needed in that particular moment was that time of silence, what in the older translation is called a still small voice, or now in the new version, the sound of sheer silence, hovering on that border between a barely audible sound or the no sound of silence, what Elijah needed at that particular juncture to reinvigorate his call, to refresh and re-strengthen his ministry of prophecy for the Lord. The 13th century Persian Muslim mystic and poet Rumi tells a story in one of his poems. He writes of a man who was crying out in prayer, Allah, Allah. His lips grew sweet with the praising until a cynic said, so, I've heard you calling out, but have you ever gotten any response? The man had no answer to that, so he quit praying and fell into a confused sleep. He dreamed that he saw Kidra, the guide of souls, in a thick, thick green foliage. And Kidra said to the man, why did you stop praising? To which the man replies, because I've never heard anything back. Kidra then says, this longing you express is the return answer. The grief you cry out from draws you toward union. Your pure sadness that wants help is the secret cup. It is wonderful to get those huge, large, loud, clear, unambiguous answers to our hopes, thoughts, wishes, dreams, and prayers. We usually tend to think that when silence is the response, that maybe God isn't listening, has said no, has not answered at all, doesn't care, isn't there. But our scripture and our interfaith witness this morning from Rumi teach us a different perspective. Silence is God's gift to us. Silence is God's still small voice speaking in the sound of silence. At work, when 
perhaps we don't see it. Busy when perhaps we don't know it. Doing the work of God in our lives, in our world, when we are perhaps unaware of it, unable to access it, unable to be aware of it. If there's an important decision coming up in your life, you may get a large, loud, clear, unambiguous sense of direction from God, or you may get that gift of silence where God is letting you listen, where God is silently at work in your life. If there's a friend that is in need of help that you're aware of that has been crying out to God, perhaps hearing large, loud, clear, unambiguous answers, or perhaps not hearing an answer. God is at work silently in that person's life. Large, loud, clear answers or still small voices of silent answers from God. In all the diversity of ways that God comes to us, in answer, in communication, in connection, in conversation with us, as each of ourselves finds us on our own faith journeys. Thanks and praise be to God. Amen.